You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is 2-11-2022. It's almost mathematical. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva Issa. Tonight, to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. Naomi main event at SmackDown tonight. It was a real freaking match. Yeah, she did. Beautiful. Awesome. She killed it. She killed it. Unbelievable match. Yeah, we got to talk about this because I loved loved it. Yeah. I I want to be glasses half full about where they're going with all this. I mean, I think we've got a pretty good idea of the match we're going to see at Illumination Chamber. Um, but yeah, I'm very optimistic about Naomi's future. I'm gonna delude myself and say that i think this is going in a very positive positive direction and she's not going to just be a supporting character in ronda rousey's story um but we'll get into that we'll talk about it we'll talk about rampage hook wrestled tonight yeah uh chris statlander said some shit <laughs> we'll dive into it all but oh alfred apparently your mic is a little too loud if you want to turn down that gain just to okay let's turn down this game all right testing one two how do i sound? oh how do i sound now uh so it's a little, little loud. yeah just turn down the game just just a tad just a hair okay yeah what about now that's no, good it's good it's fine with me uh Thank you guys. we're doing this live everybody this is how it happens no retakes I do have a new pair of ear pods in my backups, and they're not very good. So that might be what's uh, contributing to it. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, I also want a disclaimer. If I seem a little unenthused by some of wrestling tonight, I did watch the movie Major League right before oh, watching classic. SmackDown and Rampage. So everything is kind of a letdown after Major League. Just want to Nothing put that out there. Nothing is a letdown after the Roman Reigns promo. I don't know no. what, what getting Goldberg means but i want to get goldberg here's what i want to do isa we need to strap you up like when somebody's taking a lie detector test i want all your vitals monitored and then i want to see not just your reaction video but i want an on-screen display of like heart rate pulse you know i can at least get you the heart rate on my apple watch if i wear my apple watch while i'm like watching the promos you know i'm sure there's a way you can airplay that to your computer or something and record that on screen you need to start yeah. adding that to your reaction videos your stats yeah, your you, you're probably right you're probably right i need to figure out how i can like monitor my ovaries as well <laughs> i should have said that while you were drinking sorry <laughs> yeah you should have got the spit take i know <laughs> <laughs> 
Alfred, I think before we hop into the show, um, I think we got some news. We do have some news, and uh, WWE Super Bowl commercial is coming for WrestleMania 38 is going to have a Super Bowl commercial. Nobody really knows what it is just yet, but WWE will have presence there. We all remember that classic Super Bowl commercial during the Attitude Era, which was just, you know, promoting the WWE product. But this is specifically promoting WrestleMania 38, which will be right here in Inglewood, California, as will the Super Bowl be. So if you know anybody who needs parking for $500, tell them to holler at me. My DMs are wide open. Issa, what do you think about the WWE Super Bowl commercial? I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I, I mean, don't we watch the Super Bowl for the commercials? Like, there's a lot of things that we watch the Super Bowl for, right? Of course, we watch it for the football. But you cannot say that the commercials are not entertaining. Now, there have been a little bit of a letdown the past couple of years. Like, I can't recall, like, a, like a highlight commercial. So I hope they kill it here. And I have the perfect combination. You start the video with Bad Bunny singing on top of his truck. Right, and then the truck, the back of the truck opens up to Roman Reigns wearing those red pants that he had on tonight. By the way, and that's it. That's the commercial. So we no need. Brock Lesnar. No, 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 no Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to be tamed down for a Super Bowl commercial. You know? <laughs> oh, you know what? You can't. Okay, no, I take that back. You have Brock Lesnar just sitting there watching everything, drinking a Coors Light. If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just watched that <laughs> promo, by the way. Oh, I love that promo. That promo got him so much heat. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So some breaking news. Apparently they're taping SmackDown tonight. Yeah, they're. Yeah, they're. Cover your ears if you don't want to be spoiled. Spoilers oh, in five, four, three, two, one, go. Sa- Sami Zayn is your new Intercontinental Champion. No! Hey! Good for him. He deserves it. I was watching that segment tonight. Like, that guy deserves to be champion. I hope they let him wrestle with it and defend the belt, but good for Sammy Z- Oh, Johnny Knoxville is Johnny Knoxville's taking that off of him at WrestleMania. Wow, really? I mean, where are they going with this? No, but where are they? I mean, where I mean, good for Sammy. Look, Sammy should hold every title. In fact, is this his first? He had the IC title before, right? No, he he's had, had this title he before. Had it. Absolutely. Remember okay. when he came back from Canada because of the pandemic? Right. When he came back from Canada, he was still claiming he was, even though Jeff Hardy yeah, so had right. it because he dropped it, you know, because he couldn't travel and all that. But I actually love that storyline between him and Jeff Hardy, like both of them having the. And then we got that amazing ladder match. Remember, I think it was AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and, and Sami Zayn? Yeah. That was yeah. when the yeah. IC title was hot. Very so, good. Aside from the NXT championship, this is the only title I believe that he's held, correct? Has he been tag team champion? Did he win that with Kevin Owens? I don't, I don't know. Actually, no. maybe not. No. Yeah, this might be the only one that he's held. Cool. Love Sami Zayn. This is very this is a hell of a week for him. Uh his favorite group, Operation Ivy, had a little bit of a reunion the other night doing a song live to it to the song that was his favorite song that used to have the lyrics printed on his tights. First that happens, now the IC title. Everything is turning up Sammy. Going deep with Sami Zayn. I love it. Yes. Uh, so, spoiler for now, why, why do we even need to do a podcast next Friday now? I mean, yes, yeah, exactly. let's just cover it right now. So, now that you have the spoilers, uh, stay tuned for us covering SmackDown from next week. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what else is going on in the news? What else is going on? At $350 per parking spot, by the way. Hit me up. DMs are wide <laughs> open. Dynamite. Drew its best number since September, 1.129 million 
That's up 18%. They did 541,000 in 1849. Uh, they did great numbers. Of course, it looks like all that promotion for this big mystery signing got people interesting. I think most people knew it was going to be Keith Lee. So that is a little bit of a feather in his cap for him. I thought it was a great debut that he made. Uh, but they also had a world title match in the main event, that Texas death match between Heyman Adam Page and Lance Archer, which I thought was fantastic. A lot of talking on this show, a lot of people comparing it to Raw, but I mean, I thought the talking was very good, so I never have a problem with that. But a lot of talking, which is interesting if you correlate that with the number, it looks like that more WWE style of booking with long promos that set up matches is working in terms of AEW's rating because they're way up from what they did last week when they were sub 1 million. What do you take away from these numbers, Glenn? Wouldn't it be hilarious if they start aping more of WWE's style and then they beat them in the ratings? <laughs> it would be hilarious and beautifully ironic. It, the answer is a happy medium. And there we go. Now I can have both AEW and WWE fans mad at me at the same time saying I'm a shill for the other company, but the answer is somewhere in between. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, no, good for them. Good for AEW. Yeah, I did think this show had a lot of buzz going into it. Everybody was talking about it. I mean, Tony Khan did a good job hyping it up. He did the podcast round. Everybody was waiting for the debut. I did think it was a great debut for Keith Lee. I was very happy to see him. There's a moment when he came out, the camera just showed that smile on his face, and it was just so wholesome to just see him back doing what he loves to do. So we'll see if they can keep it up. I don't think I ever doubted that they will get a little bit of a spike like a rating spike from this episode is a matter of can you keep it? Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And I've seen that look a lot in AEW, especially from former WWE guys when they debut that like sigh of relief that they're <laughs> just kind of uh, in greener pastures. But yeah. good for Keith Lee. He looked fantastic. And uh, they, they really do need to keep it up with him. Uh, finally, it looks like Tony Twitter Fingers is not running for Congress, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Khan is not running for Congress. F what you heard. It looks like uh, Mr. Khan is very angry at pro football talk who ran with a story that a lot of mainstream media outlets picked up that suggested uh, that Tony Khan, who is registered Democrat with the Federal Elections Commission, I believe, uh, he uh, there was a story saying that he was considering a run for Congress. Tony Khan took to Twitter and he said, the fact-checking standards for pro football talk reporting is far lower than that of AEW's roving reporter, Tony Schiavone. I'm definitely not running for Congress. This filing is faker than Eddie Gilbert's apology to Tommy Rich in 1984. PFT sources as trustworthy as the MJF. So a little reference bingo for those of you who won. Congratulations. But yes, Tony Khan is not running for Congress. Does that break your heart, Lisa? Absolutely. Imagine his tweets if he was running for Congress. Oof. Oh. No, I, I, I thought it was funny. I, I actually thought his comeback was pretty good um but it wasn't pro football who read the story and they even added him later on and they were like bro this wasn't even our yeah. story we're just picking up what everybody else is saying you know the funny part is if you go and look at this registration that people got a hold on it was so clearly fake like i think the address was like the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium place of work was like all elite wrestling like that it was so fake why would anybody run with that news story <laughs> yeah but as Trevor Snook in the chat's pointing out, his name being in the news is a net positive. 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. Especially a main story like this. If I were Tony Khan, I would wait a couple of days before responding to something like this. I would want this to kind of pick up in the news cycle until I shot it down because oh. this is all just positive press for AEW. And he can show up backstage at AEW and have like a Secret Service detail. And I mean, they yeah, work yeah. this entire thing, right? It's he can't do that my- because he has beef with the news channels. Remember? Oh yeah. Now, I'm just Fox thinking. News. There's uh, so much storytelling and so much more money to be made in pretending that you're running for office than actually running for office. Oh yeah, and his tweets are uh, very presidential, like in terms of the aggression on Twitter. It's he could be a politician. <laughs> yeah. Which president exactly, Alfred? Which uh, <laughs> presidential by what standard? You know? Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else we got? What else we got? That is your news, ladies and gentlemen. It's all that happened this week. It's the entirety yeah. of the news. Yeah, pretty, huh. it like peaked with the whole Keith Lee thing. That was a very busy news day, but now we have to restart the cycle, and it's and it's back to being slow. Yes. Um. So tonight we opened Sonia Deville finally facing consequences. Adam Pierce coming out and saying, "If you interfere in Naomi's match tonight, your your job's going to be." Uh, in danger she tried to find ronda rousey a hundred thousand dollars and suspend her indefinitely just just nullified she has no power she's been abusing her power they just noticed this now 180 days that she's been messing with women in particular on the roster now you mess with the ronda rousey that gets vince's attention that's that's the message we're sending well, if I may, if I may, uh, I'm going to put my conspiracy theory hat on just for a second. Humor me. This is a conspiracy theory. These are just theories. Uh, just be careful, I, I Alfred. Like... Just be careful, Alfred. Conspiracy <laughs> theories got Brian Kendrick fired. Just watch it, okay? <laughs> Let's hope. Listen, these might get me fired. Who knows? Let's find out together. I believe, okay, not that I believe this, but I theorize <laughs> That I find it very odd that she's, yeah, been running amok for the past 180 days, like Glenn said. But it wasn't until that picture came out with her and Anthony Bowens at a GLAAD event posing together that now her power is being taken away by one Vince McMahon. I find the timing of that to be very interesting. And if you look at the picture between her and Anthony Bowens, he's smiling. He's happy. And she's got this look on her face like, I'm going to get so much heat for this. And, <laughs> and it looks like that's what's happening. But that's conspiracy theory, Alfie. I don't really think that. But that is a conspiracy theory of mine. I personally... No, I was going to say I popped for the email from Vince McMahon because there was a line, a line in there that says, is there something I don't like? Is WWE authority figures abusing their power? <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I personally didn't realize how bad I wanted to see some retribution until Naomi finally just slapped her. And she went all in with that slap too, man. Like, and the crowd just loved it. I'm glad to see people are still invested in this storyline because I thought they were start, they were going to start losing people's, you know, attention here because it's just taken so long for Naomi to be treated fairly. I was very happy to see this. Now that she can't do anything to Naomi, I want WWE.com every day. I want her to roll up to Sonia's house, you know, tomorrow and pretend to be like Uber Eats or something and then just smack her in the face again. Like she's out shopping just from behind me, smacking her in the face. Like we need one of these a day for Naomi to finally balance out the uh, injustice. 
It has been served. Yeah, we need so. we need to bring back that amazing twenty four seven um segment that they did in the plane on the way to Saudi Arabia. Like I want to oh, yeah. see Sonia Deville sleeping under the cover, and Naomi just sneaks up to her and just slaps the crap out of her in the plane <laughs> on the way to Saudi Arabia. I will pop for that. <laughs> yes, yeah. amazing. Can't get enough of it. So this is great. And Naomi tonight looked like a million bucks tax free. Oh yeah, great night for Naomi. Yeah, I love that. I think that it's so funny because the week that, you know, I think we were all at our wits end, I personally said that I was done talking about the storyline. So, like, just when I felt like this thing bottomed up out, like, the last two weeks, they've really kind of salvaged it. Uh, I think they've done a good job finally making Naomi look like a competent babyface. It's all this really needed. Yeah. It's fantastic. Can't get enough of Naomi. I really hope they use this to build – but again, with the way the show ended, I just worry she's going to be a supporting character in Ronda's storyline rather than use this as a springboard to give her a real main event push as a single star. Yeah, I hope not. But I mean, if you look at WrestleMania today, I know we have some time to go, but Sonya Deville and Naomi is one of the top storylines in terms of them building toward WrestleMania. It's one of the only ones that's had this long-term build and you see the crowd was into it tonight. So if they do a good job building up an actual feud for a WrestleMania match, that should be a standalone match that isn't part of anybody's side story i agree i agree i mean i just i hope it gets the time and the placement on the card it deserves this is perhaps aside from next to roman and brock this is like the longest story they've told continuously right very much so might even be longer than roman brock to be honest yeah so there you go it it deserves everything well there is a hashtag already going around it is hashtag naomania please use it let's start the movement we made it happen with kofi let's do it for naomi too hell yeah yes this could be this could really be the start of a movement for her i really felt that way when that match ended tonight where i was like that felt like one of those performances performances that you're just like this could really be the beginning of something the way the crowd was there for her everything it really could mean something for her. I, I believe in that too, Glenn. You're not the only one. This is the exact the exact same position Becky Lynch was in where Ronda versus Charlotte was the best laid plans. That was the match they wanted to go with, but Becky became undeniable. So yeah, you start that Naomi Mania hashtag and she becomes undeniable. They'll have no choice but to add her to that main event. I agree. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Tonight, I don't think they booked that match as the start of Naomi Mania. I think that that was not their intention, but I hope that is the outcome. Yeah. Based on what we saw tonight. Um, so, hey, if you loved it last week, Los Lotharios wrestled the New Day tonight. It was a Waste good m- match. I mean, the match wasn't the problem. Los Lotharios winning, I mean, you know, it is. It is what it is. Big Ian Kofi. So we're basically. the New Day. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to go on a rant too, Alfred. Like, so you basically quietly just move Biggie back to SmackDown, back to be part of his tag team that we cannot even name, just to like <laughs> job to some Menudo rejects. <laughs> but, but don't get me wrong, I did think they had some good chemistry in the ring. I, I did. I thought the match was fun to to watch. Like, I mean, you have four talented performers there, but who cares? No one cares. No one cares, and that's that's just sad. 
Yeah, and nor should they with a new act. WWE, they showed, again, they do this all the time, they showed with Naomi that they really are capable of building up a competent babyface, but then you see something like Aaliyah, what they did that we'll get to later, and it's like they have no idea how to create new stars. So if the guys is, oh, Los Lotharios need this big win, well, I've seen this movie enough time to know that they're going to flame out after a few weeks, and so Big E and Kofi Kingston losing this tag team match, really, I think they should both be in the elimination chamber, I think is going to hurt them more than it's going to help Los Lotharios in the long run, because Los Lotharios, judging by how WWE books new talent, will not be here in the long run. So it's, I just thought it was a big mistake to put them in the tag team kind of undercard in this way, and I just don't understand what they're doing with this feud. Let me take a moment here, Alfred. This is just for Isa and I. Uh, Isa, could you imagine in Puerto Rico, parts of Mexico, and perhaps southern Florida, if there was a tag team that had a Menudo gimmick and came out like with the headbands and they're doing Avalar and Kiero Rock, you know, and they're doing the dance moves to so, like Fuego and stuff coming to the ring? That would be really over with a very small subset of wrestling fans. If they don't come out on bikes to Sube Teamimoto. Come on. That's our WrestleMania entrance right there. <laughs> True. True. And with the vroom sounds, they have actual motorcycles. It'd be great. Oh, my God. Uh, okay. I Back to that. Reference, the colorful- I agree. I agree. Alfred, you need to go on the YouTube and watch Menudo from the 80s. Watch, don't watch the whole episode of Silver Spoons because it's a very YouTube. problematic show in hindsight. But uh, watch the Menudo segment on Silver Spoons. Like that. 100%, that okay. Solid stuff. Solid stuff. I'll check that out. Yeah, good good stuff with the Menudo. Um, but yes, uh, Issa, now I think that every time I see Los Lotharios. Um, but here's the thing. They're talking about Viking Raiders backstage. Oh, we got this momentum going ahead of our oh. match with uh, the Usos. I mean, why aren't the Viking Raiders kicking the shit out of Los Lotharios? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Why aren't they out there, like, using Los Lotharios to springboard for the Viking Raiders to give them actual <laughs> momentum going into going into elimination chamber you know? i have no idea what they're if you think maybe the viking raiders have a picture with the acclaimed out there and now vince is mad at them too but they've got nothing in this feud they uh, one of them i think it was ivar got squashed that no, was eric got squashed last week in singles action and they just get jumped like out of the blue and these are the baby faces and so i mean chances are knowing wwe they're gonna go and win in saudi arabia but this is just baffling booking of the Viking Raiders. You know, I'm not saying they're like a top-tier tag team or anything, but they're very talented, and we could have seen a couple of weak competitive feud between these two teams, but they're not building it like that at all. Yeah. It is interesting. No, as soon as they got squashed by the one also, I thought that was, that was done. I don't care about that match anymore. As soon as they got squashed by the Uso. Uh, singular. The one Uso versus the one Viking Raiders. Can't tell them either of them part. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Judd. Um, so, <laughs> see, Alfred, that was just for me and you, the Judd. Reference. I like that. I like that. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. Two forty six. Wish Cesaro <laughs> was Universal Champion. Imagine, wow's. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's in Cesaro's future. And I say this: I've been it's a person. Not. I've been at an event. I've held up a Cesaro section sign that I printed, went to Kinko's, made copies of, and handed out to other people in the audience. So I am down with Cesaro. But, come on, that ship has sailed. It really has. It sailed in 2014. They had a small window in 2014 when he won that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He's never been hotter. And then I just think putting him with Paul Heyman was a mistake because a lot of people tend to crumble under the weight of Paul Heyman, especially if you're a newer, unestablished guy. Uh, You know, you got to be a Brock Lesnar, Snow Cold Steve Austin level of talent. 
Roman Reigns level talent to have Paul Amon as your manager. And when that happened, Cesaro it just got exposed him. You literally need to be able to pick up Paul Heyman to not crumble yes. under the weight of Paul Heyman. And not be John Heidenreich or Ryback. Right <laughs> uh, so, Issa, tell us your experience watching this Roman Reigns promo on Goldberg. To tell you my experience, but listen, <laughs> I, I thought it was great. Want, Did you see the red pants he was wearing? Yeah, come on, like really, okay. let's dress it up. This is so like you know a letter to. This, this is like a you know, uh, dear penthouse forum. I never thought those letters were true until I had an experience <laughs> the other night that happened to me. Now I'm going to tell you about it in painstaking detail. <laughs> Roman Reigns was sitting there in his amazing leather chair, wearing incredible red pants that hugged his muscular body, all of it. Right, legs spread open. Paul Heyman is behind him. Michael Cole got a haircut during this. I appreciated that. I actually noticed that. And he, first of all, Michael asked him, he's like, hey, uh, Goldberg has won the Universal title twice. Uh, so has Roman. And then he's like, oh, well, he beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, so has Roman. Can you do your job and ask some relevant questions? Like, how do you get all of that in them pants? That's what I wanted to see Michael Cole ask Roman <laughs> Reigns. Not, <laughs> you know, like, come on, let me do that. Let me do the interview. At the end, Roman Reigns just stared at the camera. It's getting hot. I need to turn the AC on and say he's going to Goldberg. Goldberg. It was amazing. Excellent. Isa, I think I have your new gimmick for your wrestling reaction in addition to your heart rate. I think you should like narrate everything, you know, in very like <laughs> vivid language and lurid details to recap what happens. <laughs> On Raw SmackDown He's NXT going to Goldberg. And AW. Goldberg. I want to get Which, Goldberg by Roman Reigns. That does sound a little like a euphemism. Like I'm going to smurf his smurf. It's just like what? Um, yeah. Or it could be a spear. If you want to be Goldberg, it could be a spear. Yeah. It's a good promo. It could be. It could be. I thought it was really it. good. I think it was great. <laughs> 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 Extra Alfred. large spear, <laughs> magnum spear. Um, I thought this was very good. I thought Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns is crazy because they took all these weeks off and then they just returned with better chemistry. I like them playing off each other the way they did in that backstage segment. And I love the line Roman Reigns had. They were talking about Goldberg's win and he was like, all the wins that Goldberg had. He's like, if I was in WCW, everybody would be winning because they still be in business. That was an amazing line. And uh, so, listen, I'm excited <laughs> for Goldberg and Roman Reigns. I think this is going to be a... A hell of a match. We were robbed of it last year. You know, I know he's not the most popular person. He's pretty polarizing among the hardcores and whatnot. And I understand why, kind of. But I'm excited for Goldberg and Roman Reigns. I think they're going to have a good match. Yeah. Quick uh, match, hopefully, but a good match. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna speed off your positivity here, Alfred, and, and try to think of Goldberg's last performance in Saudi Arabia and not the ones prior <laughs> to that because I – uh-uh, uh-uh. I just hope it's a quick match and I want him to put his career on the line so bad and I want Roman <laughs> and let's make Goldberg <laughs> as a verb happen Alfred I think at Applebee's you need to incorporate that into your spiel you know and it's like hey, hey baby you want to get Goldberg'd no uh, in the waiting room who's next who's yeah, ready exactly. to get Goldberg? <laughs> who is next who's next yeah exactly that's, that's what they'll say on the tickets <laughs> uh, 
in, in case I haven't made it clear, it was an incredible segment by Roman Reigns. Yes, you did it justice. I didn't think anything could do it justice, but you said I want to see Issa interview Roman Reigns. She has those interviews up from Royal Rumble, which were very good on our YouTube channel. I want to see you interview Roman Reigns. I don't think anybody could touch that. <laughs> it would be fun. The first time, um, listen, we're going off topic here, but the first time I ever met Roman Reigns, he asked me about my Ladywood because I made a. Uh, Roman Reigns gives me Ladywood hashtag like it got super popular and he liked a few of the tweets and the first time I ever met him he said to me he's like how's that Ladywood and I'm like well if you must know <laughs> did, did you tell him how it was or did he <laughs> He he said it to me, but I think I have been tweeting it for so long. And this was back when everybody hated him. So I was like triggering a lot of sure. people on Twitter, you know. But Roman Reigns is awesome. He even knows about Roman. He asked about little Roman. That's what he called my dog. So I would love to. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not engaging in this. Um... Oh, come on. It's right there for the taking. <laughs> So, talking about my dog, Glenn, my dog, Roman, okay? Dog, little Roman. <laughs> so, dungeon so style match. Thing. I think I could restrain oh. myself. I think I could restrain myself if I interview Roman. I don't know about my dog. I think my dog would actually bite him. Just saying. Oh, wow. Wow. You think you could restrain? Say that when you're asking WWE PR for the interview. Say, I'm pretty sure I can restrain myself. <laughs> they'll appreciate that in the request you know? as long as you try your best we'll let you talk to him oh good lord uh dungeon style match Aaliyah versus natalia how is this a dungeon style match somebody explain this to me did i miss something um it, well it could only end via submission or uh is that what you thought this meant i mean what did you think it meant, Alfred? They were going to go to an actual dungeon. They were going to be in a lion's den, Me which too. is what they've done with Owen Hart. And when she said it, and they talk about the dungeon all the time, I was expecting a goddamn dungeon. Me too. I feel robbed. I want my money back. Yeah, between that and Goldberg not appearing live, I would be at the Ticketmaster right now <laughs> asking for my money back. Where were they tonight? Uh, and you're calling up websites... Showing up, there's a dungeon in New Orleans. I mean, I don't want to get New into Orleans, what kind of yes. dungeons are in New Orleans, but there's some dungeons oh. in New Orleans. I'm sure they could have rented out. <laughs> I should have. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, the match was okay. This, by the way, you really think about this. Okay, yeah. talk, hit this me. What, what, what did you hate about this? Just garbage she's supposed to be this baby face who's maybe you know getting a couple of quality wins over natalia but all of her wins have been tainted as a baby face and then we're going and doing this match where now she has to kind of prove it and beat her unequivocally no pinfall and then she loses in under five minutes so and she's also now the setup to zia lee it's just it's like they were yeah. specifically designing this quote-unquote push for Aaliyah to completely destroy her this is a big waste of my time this past few weeks yeah um, Zaylee came out and uh attacked Natalia like she was a crooked landlord. Um, just all the rage, all the, the rage from her childhood unleashed <laughs> on Natalia. 
I'm yeah. The landlord. Yeah. Well, I was honestly looking for the. I was looking for the video of Roman's promo during this, so I, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. Around this time, I was like, "What if I put a corn dog in the air fryer?" I as soon as I, as soon as I didn't see a dungeon, I wasn't gonna watch it. By the way, corn dog in an air fryer, delightful. Very, very <laughs> different than you think. Like almost a little like crispy tasting. I used like a Morning Star Farms like vegan corn dog. It was very good. Like the texture of it was very different. Very nice. Uh out- air fryer. Well, so I got the Cuisinart. It's actually a speed convection oven. So it's got the different settings, but the speed, the convection and the speed convection are like the air frying. But the speed convection, you don't have to preheat. You just hit that button. And do the time and the temperature, and bam, like, you know, five minutes later, it's done. It's kind of nice. Uh, Allison uh, Tuckwab, thank you so much for the 499. Hey, thank you. Super sticker. Appreciate it. Um, so, after this very nice package on WWE Hall of Famer Rocky Johnson, narrated by his son, The oh, Rock. Yeah. Uh, yes. Alfred, what did you think about this? That was excellent. Soul Man Rocky Johnson. I was talking about him this time, Black History Month last year on NPR. I uh, love Soul Man Rocky Johnson, and uh, The Rock did a great job voicing over. Who knows if that means there's going to be something in the future, because this is the first time that The Rock has voiced a uh, promo for WWE in years. And, uh, you know, not, not that I know anything, but uh, maybe that means it's going to lead to something else. Lisa? Isa, do you have thoughts on the promo? She's still thinking about Roman Reigns. Oh, I understand. It happens. Uh, Apologies. Oh, is he, oh, what's that? Um, no, I thought it was very well done. If I want to be a little conspiracy theory with it, Alfred, I think it's almost yes. they can't get the rock back and they figured, well, he can't say no to this. Right. It's, it's a good way to get him on television and kind of hold his feet to the fire. It's like, well, because that is how they got him to return for the Hall of Fame. That great speech he did. I believe it was in 2007. Yeah, in Detroit, uh, where he inducted his father, soul man, Rocky Johnson, into the Hall of Fame. So a big family man, The Rock. We all know that. And uh, he would never turn down an opportunity to promote his legendary father. Yeah, and I love Rocky Johnson. I love hearing The Rock talk about him. But yeah, it does seem like because he's been absent for so long in WWE, it was you know, a great opportunity for them as well to be just a little yeah. cynical about it. Um, and Issa, I'm not seeing your video on the pre. Oh, there we go. Let's see. Uh, Issa has a connection, but uh, there she is. Um, and uh, it was very good. I recommend watching it online. So Sammy Zane with another edition of in Zane, he's going to do his podcast and dumb it down for the locals and then interrupted by Rick Boogs and Shisuke Nakamura. We did see some footage of uh, Johnny Knoxville. I mean, this is going to be a mania match probably for the intercontinental championship now, given what happened tonight. Um, And it's crazy to me that with Rick Boogs, he's been built so much. Um, Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of, I'm glad Sammy's the Intercontinental Champ, but I really did think that the Rick Shinsuke breakup was the money feud for that championship. So I wonder what's going to happen now. 
Yeah, I mean, if they did it, if they did it correctly, they could have a good yeah, team, but think... they haven't done anything with the Intercontinental Championship. So I'm just, I'm glad that Sami Zayn won. It's you know, you know, from what I've heard, spoiler that uh, something like that might have happened. I mean, hey, Alfred! Right. <laughs> right. <He's fucked> <laughs> I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying if he wins, I'm glad that it'll happen. <laughs> so, after this promo segment, Cesaro versus Happy Corbin. Ha- Happy Corbin's undefeated? How did I miss this? Yeah, they haven't told us that. It's so funny. He's not been booked like a guy who's undefeated, but I was shocked when I heard that. And the fact that WWE is promoting that he's undefeated tells me they're going to build him up for something. So it looks like it's probably going to be Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre. Yeah. yeah. But very interesting with Happy Corbin being undefeated. Good on him. The match we all want to see? <laughs> which night of WrestleMania does that main event? Which yeah. night of WrestleMania does Happy Corbin versus Drew McIntyre main event? <laughs> one or two? I'm going one. The yeah. pre-show. Oh, wow. Well, backstage, Drew McIntyre uh, was there with Madcap Moss, who was injured, <laughs> talking about how bad his eyesight is. And uh, there's going to be a false count anywhere match at Elimination Chamber between the two of them. So there you go. Goldberg had a rebuttal to Roman Reigns. And Issa, how did that, how did Goldberg's rebuttal work for you compared to Roman's promo? I think uh, Issa's connection might have been Goldberg. Might have been. Alfred, how about you? Alfred, I want you to have the same enthusiasm and passion because we need to balance this out. I want you to have the same enthusiasm and passion for Bill Goldberg's promo as Issa had for Roman's promo. I think it's only fair. Okay. Um, well, yes, just Alfred, to please. Out, I thought it was a decent promo. I don't really remember all of what he said, but I do remember he said, you can't Goldberg a Goldberg. I'm the only Goldberg. And I agree. There's only one Goldberg. So you cannot Goldberg and be only Goldberg. He will still be Goldberg. And I Goldberg. Why does your impression of Goldberg? Why does your impression of Goldberg sound like Red Fox? (laughs) Dummy. (laughs) Which I'm not complaining. I actually think that would be brilliant. Brilliant character. That's my impression. All my impressions of uh, of, of Goldberg uh, sound like Red Fox. That's that's from now on. That is what he's going to be. He'll be the Red Fox voice for Goldberg. Straight on. He does kind of sound like he does have that raspy voice. I'm just glad that they did this uh, promo somewhere else where there wasn't a picture of a naked baby in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they show that, I think about in the film version of 21 Jump Street at Jonah Hill's house where they have the childhood photo of him as like the baby with the angel wings. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no comment about Goldberg's pants or what he was wearing or? His head looked very shiny. Uh, I thought he looked a uh, fit. <laughs> He still continues to be in tremendous shape for, I believe, a 55-year-old. So uh, Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Uh, I think Goldberg wins in uh, 10 seconds. What do you think, Isa? Wait, what did you say? I think Goldberg beats Roman Reigns in 10 seconds. 
Do you agree? I hope nobody, I hope nobody buys a parking spot from you. <laughs> you don't mean that. Take that back, Isa. Anybody in the Inglewood area for the Super Bowl? They might have already gone. I haven't even checked yet. How far are you from the stadium? Two miles from the stadium, ladies and gentlemen. Two so miles. Half an hour walk at a brisk pace. Very, yeah. The, within walking distance, you could take a Uber or whatever, but. That's the key. But, you know, you're going to have to walk back. But the good news is when you're two miles away, you get to the car, you're not going to be in traffic then because you'll be far enough away from the yeah. traffic. Exactly. It'd be much better. Absolutely. Um, so that brings us to tonight's main event, which uh, Naomi versus Charlotte Flair tonight. And what a match. What yes, a match. One of the best tonight. TV matches of the year. I thought probably four times that Naomi could actually win this. That's what made this so great. They did a good job roping me in. The crowd was so into my, Naomi winning that title. And it's like you look at this from the outside looking in like, okay, Charlotte's going to face Ronda Rousey. There's no way Charlotte's losing. And that's the mentality I went into this match. I just thought that, you know, between how Naomi's been booked and the fact that we know it's going to be Charlotte and Ronda, Naomi's probably not winning this match. But they did such a good job as this match progressed through a couple of commercial breaks that they had me roped in. I was thinking this might be the night. Maybe they could flip it back to her and they could do something else. But I thought both women were incredible in this match. This is, I put this up here with the, the Hangman Adam Page, Daniel Bryan matches. I thought, I thought this was very, very good. It was of the level of one of the best TV matches that I've seen. It was so good. And in fact, I was almost of the opinion where I was convincing myself, you know what? Charlotte versus Ronda doesn't need a championship or a title. Um, it's personal. They've got history. There's so much there. Um, you know, I was really believing that perhaps we were going to see Naomi win the championship tonight. And of course, disappointed they didn't go that route. But clearly, they are getting uh, a major, major, major match at uh, Elimination Chamber based on what happened afterwards tonight. Um, but this was so good. And this just proved once again, Naomi, in terms of the audience being on her side, and I'm just going to put this out there, and I, I, I know there's going to be contingents and fan bases of other female talent when I say this, but I think Naomi is the most consistently over women's wrestler in all of SmackDown. And I mean consistent in the sense that she, she shows up. She doesn't take lengthy time off. The audience is always behind her. They're always on her side. And she can go from having these nothing matches to being in the main event seamlessly and with a credibility that and versatility that very, very few other performers on the roster, male or female, have. I just think she's absolutely, absolutely. incredible. And um, she's been women's champion twice. I think it's time for a third go around. Charlotte Flair is a very gifted athlete. And I understand you're saying, oh, a heel shouldn't have the audience on her side. I don't even think Charlotte can make the audience that angry anymore because I think you respect right. her talent and what she does. But if there's a weakness in Charlotte Flair, it's that once they took Rick out of the equation, I don't think they ever did a great job of getting the audience emotionally invested in Charlotte. Whereas that's something that Naomi has hundred times over in terms of connection with the crowd. I think they can. I think she can turn people against her just because of what people think she stands for. She's like the establishment. Everybody knows that she's 
quote unquote, the golden girl at WWE in terms of their favorite talent. And I think a lot of people really believe that Charlotte Flair is given preferential treatment because she's a flair and because this and that. And the more she leans into that, I mean, that's one of the reasons she calls herself the opportunity is playing on that idea that you need Charlotte Flair in order to make yourself a career or whatnot. But I, I think if she tries, they could really uh, turn her, especially the more she wins. Hmm. Isa, what did you think of this main event? I love this main event so much. They have such good chemistry. I thought that Naomi was going to win so many. I love seeing the crowd pop for Naomi. Yeah. I mean, it was everything. It was absolutely everything. As soon as I saw how much time they were giving them to, I was really happy and, and just excited to sit down and watch these two women work. And they really just brought it. One of the best things we've seen in SmackDown in quite a while. This has nothing to do with whether the crowd likes Naomi or don't like Charlotte. These two women went out there and stole the show tonight, and it was awesome. Yeah. So good. So good. And, uh, but this is what I worry, because after Charlotte leaves, Sonia attacks Naomi, Rhonda comes in. That's the problem, is that you can't put Naomi and Rhonda together I mean, I'm maybe, but like, again, I want to be optimistic. My optimistic view is this will further elevate Naomi, not in terms of the audience, in terms of creative. I think Naomi is actually going to get Rhonda more over with the crowd. And that might be why they're doing it because they realize Rhonda's yeah. not getting yeah. the warmest reception. She's getting a pop, but I don't think fans know what to make of her. Is she a baby face? Is she a heel? And pairing her with Naomi does almost more for Rhonda in the long run than it does for Naomi. Yeah. I 1000% <sighs> agree. I think Naomi's going to help Rhonda. Yeah. Hopefully they get their own thing. Hopefully this was just like a one-off in terms of Rhonda and Naomi kind of crossing paths and they spin off because Sonya and Naomi, that, that's a feud that they can cultivate to a WrestleMania match if they don't screw it up, which is a big if, but... Yeah, I, I think it would be a waste to just put her with Ronda and uh, Charlotte. I don't think they need that. Well, but I'm, I mean, it's a certainty, correct, that we're going to have Naomi and Ronda versus Charlotte and Sonya at Elimination Chamber. Possibly, yeah. Maybe Elimination Chamber, maybe um, on a TV, Raw or SmackDown to keep those ratings up. Um, that's possible. Hmm. Sounds like more of a TV match to me. I don't know. Man, kind of crazy how quickly things change and this idea that we're going to have Becky versus Lita, a women's elimination chamber match, and now possibly a third match. I mean, that's a lot of female talent being showcased in yeah. Saudi Arabia. They're on the billboards now, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, which so, is amazing. I thought that was awesome. Oh, absolutely. So this match was great tonight. And, I, you know, I'm going to say it, even though you know the outcome, if you didn't watch this tonight, watch this match. It was Please. excellent in-ring storytelling. Mm -hmm. So many hope spots for Naomi. Um, and they really got to showcase. They, they have very good in-ring chemistry together as well, which I would say that Charlotte has. Sometimes Charlotte's matches are the Charlotte show and she could be wrestling uh, a broom and put on the same match because she's got her repertoire as it were. But with Naomi tonight, they had a very excellent back and forth. I think Naomi is one of the best opponents in terms of in-ring chemistry that Charlotte's ever faced where there was really an ebb and a flow rather than just a showcase for her incredible athleticism. 
Um, Zachary, dollar ninety nine uh, super chat. I'm over the Sonya Naomi feud. It's ridiculous. Now it's been it was re- ridiculous. See, I think it's like the Simpsons gag with Sideshow Bob stepping on all the rakes, where it was ridiculous, and then it went on so much longer than that, it actually became great again. Yeah, <laughs> they really committed to that. No, yeah. I think uh, it hasn't been the best view. It's definitely yeah. had its bad moments, but I think it's on an upswing for now. Yeah. So let's talk about Rampage tonight. Taped live this past Wednesday. The Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice with Orange Cassidy. What did you think of this match, Alfred? I thought it was incredible. I thought it was very, very good. I thought it was a lot of fun. The Young Bucks did a good job with uh, some of the tag team shenanigans they were up to, like trying to get them counted out. I thought that was a fun spot, running away from them and then super kicking them. But I thought this match was really good. I, I, they worked very hard. These are two teams that they're building up on commentary for the New Japan Bonafides, which I thought was a little weird. But as we see the Forbidden Door and whatnot, I do expect AEW to work with New Japan more. So I think this is more evident to that. And uh, this is a really fun match. I think it was every bit as good as that CM Punk Ambrose FTR match, which is an incredible match too. Wow. Issa, what'd you think of this? Yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun. There was a lot of really good tag team wrestling on Rampage today to open and close the show. Um, I'm kind of here here for the Dan House and just randomly showing up and commentary just completely putting him over. I completely lost the Gary Costa screen. He'll curse us. I don't know why I found that so funny. Uh, but yeah, this this was this was a lot of fun. Great tag team wrestling. You can never take that away from from these two teams. Actually, from the entire show, those were my two favorite matches, the opener and the closer. Yeah, and that's what Rampage does so well. They really know how to start strong and they really know how to finish strong. It's the the ups and downs in between sometimes where we can get lost along the way. And it's amazing how Orange Cassidy they use him in almost this cameo capacity because I, th- I feel like he's the most um, surefire pop that AEW has. They can just have him walk in the background of a segment and he draws attention. In fact, I think based on tonight, I think Danhausen could be the next Orange Cassidy in that way. I said the same thing in my commenting. I said the same exact thing is that the way they're building up Danhausen, it's very similar to Orange Cassidy. Where at first it's like, He's doing cameos and people love him, but they're not giving you too much. So he is like the next Orange Cassidy. Great minds, Glenn. Yes, there you go. Um, I would try and read Forbes, but every time it tries to tell me to disable my ad blocker. Uh, <laughs> well, disable your ad blocker. Listen to him. For you nothing. Forbes pulling up on you. Oh, man. Uh, no. Uh, great work you're doing at Forbes. Um, so Young Bucks won this match. We had Cutler getting close to Cassidy, uh, Orange Punch for his troubles. The Young Bucks took down Cassidy. Beretta gets in the way, uh, ring. Jay White appears out of nowhere. He's a blade runner on Beretta. Like, this was a stacked opening to the show tonight. Yeah, very much so. I really had fun watching it. Was stacked. Really good opening. Um, what did you think of this promo backstage? Yeah, I was going to say it was stacked, but it didn't feel like clustery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not too much outside interference. What did you think of Brian Danielson backstage and Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty and Moriarty and Danielson? Like, 
the way they were talking was very charged. It reminded me of that SNL Fast and the Furious parody they did where like there was something almost like seductive about the way they were talking to one another. Throughout this, this was something seductive about him saying that John Moxley and CM Punk was a one-night stand and I want a long-term relationship. Like these, these guys, this should have been on Skinamax this segment. Like they were flirting with each other. Everybody involved in the segment was flirting with each other. So, you know, shout out to them. Uh, I thought that was good. I can't wait for Brian Danielson and Lee Moriarty. I think that's going to be fire. And I really like this kind of angle of Brian Danielson recruiting Moxley because you would assume that they're eventually going to feud down the line and maybe Moxley will turn him down. That doesn't necessarily mean Moxley has to turn him down immediately. Part of this storyline could be them working together, building up guys like Lee Moriarty and Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, and then they come to a head maybe later on down the line. But I like this. I like this Brian Danielson and Moxley feud. Yeah. I wonder if they did that intentionally. Danielson's sense of humor seems like sometimes he wants to almost see what he can get away yes. with without someone breaking. And I felt like there was a little bit of that tonight. Definitely. This is what he used to do all the time with Talking Smack. I think that's part of what made Talking Smack so great. That and because Renee Young is funny and she'll roll with the punches and know how to deal with stuff like that. And so they made a good team. And Brian Danielson loved saying things outside of what he knows WWE wants him to say uh, just to get a pop. I thought he was always good at that. Yeah, it was a little performance art tonight, but I thought it was very well done. Yeah. Zachary, interesting uh, comment, 499, saying if they pair Dan Housen with someone dark like Cross, it would be amazing. I think he has a lot of potential. Maybe he can join the House of Black. It fits him. I don't think they're playing Dan Housen. I mean, like Dan Housen with uh, Malachi, it just seems like two separate universes. Um, a thousand percent. I think they should keep them as far away as possible. Maybe if they cross paths, they can do one funny comedy segment. But even though they kind of take on that same gothic, dark type of ethos, they're completely different. And like Danhausen's comedy, and I really, I like the fact that he's with the best friends, but he just kind of wanders around and does his own thing. So I just think you keep those two apart because Alistair Black or Malachi Black is very serious, and Danhausen is very funny. Did you ever watch, uh, I know we talked a little bit about Kids in the Hall before, but did you ever see the Kids in the Hall Pit of Ultimate Darkness sketches with Simon Mulligan and activists? I mean, the whole thing yeah, is evil, yeah. evil. You know, that's their yeah, whole thing. Dan Hauser yeah, reminds me very much of that in a great way. But yeah, it's just not, uh, it's not the same as what they're doing with Malachi. Dan Hausen is not a horror movie. He's more like um, uh, Svengoolie, you know, he's like the guy yeah. hosting the horror marathon. Absolutely, yeah. And he does a good job at it. No, he absolutely does. Uh, so Issa's having internet issues uh, where she's at in Puerto Rico. She apologizes. She's going to skip the rest of tonight's show. Um, but, yes, Trevor saying oh, maybe like a Danhausen's uh, Sting pairing. I mean, see, but Sting is kind of versatile that way because I don't. I think Sting, yes. Sting has a little bit of tongue-in-cheek approach. Like, he takes himself seriously, but he's not Sting is not um as dark as Mount. Absolutely. And I could see even just because they have their faces painted, I could definitely see Sting and Dan Housen. The thing with Malachi Black is he's kind of a cult of personality unto himself. It's like he's not of this world. He's more like the Undertaker. So you don't really want to see him do too much of that comedy because it just doesn't mesh with the type of character he plays. But Sting, even though he doesn't do comedy, I could absolutely see him with Danhausen. Him, Darby Allen, and Danhausen teaming together would be a lot of fun. See, but I think not Darby, though. I think Darby, Darby needs to go back to, speaking of Ultimate Darkness, I want to see the 
Death Wish Darby that that we were first introduced to. I think um, they've gotten away from that a little bit, and I really liked that about his character. You know? Yeah, I, I really do miss Darby when he was a singles. I think him and Sting have been good together, and they're a good tag team, and he's really getting the rub from Sting, but Darby as a solo act was really good as well. Yeah. We had... AEW Women's Champion Britt Baker versus Robin Renegade tonight. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD1, defeated Robin Renegade. Good showcase for Dr. Britt Baker. Renegade, I believe, is a student of Thunder Rosa, so they have that tie-in. And uh, she was wearing a pair of Jordan 11s, which uh, I very much appreciate. Greatest basketball shit of all time. And I thought this was good. This is good on Britt. I like that they made her look really strong, and I like that they played up the Mercedes Martinez Jamie Hayter thing, and then she just brought her together like her daughters and kissed them on the forehead. I thought that was really funny because they're both these like badass heavies almost about to come to blows, and then she just goes and kisses them on the head like a godfather. So that was really great. Yeah. And uh, Thunder Rosa then running down to the ring, plowing over Rebel, taking down Baker. Um, man, we talked about this. Like, I really think Thunder Rosa could be the one to take that title off Britt Baker. Yep. I fully expect it. I mean, I don't think it's too early. I think it's just about right. Thunder Rosa remains very popular. And if the story you're telling is like Britt Baker's ducking Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa has her number, this is another way to advance long-term story. Because what AW likes to do is they'll have their fuse, but then they'll have these long-term narratives. Like with the Elite and the Undisputed Era, the Elite is the overarching thing where they continue to find each other and find each other's paths. So this is another long-term story they could tell, like an anthology between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, where it's Britt Baker's never beaten Thunder Rosa. And eventually, maybe she'll regain that title by finally beating her. But I think Thunder Rosa wins that match. Well, so we followed that with this promo interaction between Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. And I cannot believe this was pre-recorded and made it on the air <laughs> with Statlander saying that not only is Hirsch unprofessional, but she understands why Hirsch's parents would give her up for adoption. What, what the fuck? Um, Chris Statlander getting spicy. Like, is Chris Statlander a heel? When did, when, like, but no, this, like, that's so she's a baby face. It's so backwards because she's a baby face, but she's the bigger person by, you know, she's a big, uh, stacked, very fit woman. And, and, Layla Hirsch is very small, but she's a heel. And then <laughs> Chris Statlander delivers a line like this. Like, I think MJF would even be like, dude, that's fucked up. Like, that's... <laughs> no, not MJF, but uh, most people I, maybe. No, MJF would say that to somebody, but not if they were actually adopted. Like, I think that's how MJF would do it. Uh, I, I don't MJF in character, the fact that he remains in character tells me that he's just going to choose violence every time. This to me was like J.K. Simmons and Whiplash, like level of just mean. Like this was really, really yeah. messed up. And again, this was pre-recorded. Like, yeah. think about what they fucking did with the acclaimed and all the bullshit there. And Tony's gonna review in the future all of the lyrics that Max Caster comes out and raps. And meanwhile, Chris Stellar out there wearing alien makeup, lit, shot, edited, drops this, and TK is just kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that flies. That's good. Get that heat. <laughs> Yeah, but heat on the baby face. This is completely backwards. I mean, I actually think AEW is going to have to respond to this. I think this is going to turn into really. I don't think people are going to have. I mean, it's just kind of like a scripted thing that they say. These are the type of lines that you hear. Uh, like, if they have to respond to this, then they're going to have to 
answer some questions as to why they haven't responded to some of these MJF lines, which I think have been, you know, every bit you could argue as bad in terms of calling people's moms meth heads and whatnot. I don't know, man. Remember when the movie Orphan came out? Which, by the way, if you've never seen Orphan, like, don't read anything about it. Just go and watch it because fuck bonkers bonkers crazy one of the best horror movies of the 21st century but there was a line in orphan where the orphan character was like i understand it's hard for parents to love an adopted child as much as their own children and they're they had to edit that out of the movie not only the trailer but the movie because people were like you can't fucking say that that's really fucked up you can't put that out there into the universe so i don't know man you have to go on twitter and see what the if she's trending it might not be for a good reason yeah, it's um, just weird. But again, this was edited. This wasn't live. This wasn't a hype mic yeah. situation where somebody just shot on their opponent. Like, that's the part of this that's crazy. Is this made it through state? Somebody wrote this down and said, I'm going to say this. And then they shot it. And the camera person was like, that was good. And then the editor was like, that was good. And then Tony or producer was like, let's put it on the air. That's the crazy yeah. part that nobody said, do we want to do an alternate where maybe she says something that's like not quite as messed up? Just so we have a choice in post. And they're like, I'm no. Sure real parents are fine people. Uh. Yeah, like it needs to be this, you know, like this, like specifically. Tony Khan's like, fuck orphans. Like, I want to let them know. <laughs> And he's like the opposite of an orphan. <laughs> he's like the Daddy Warbucks. That should be the storyline. Tony Khan yeah. is the Daddy Warbucks who adopted her. I, it just writes itself. Yeah, I love it. I've seen the musical Annie far too many times. Uh, Zachary, four ninety nine. What are they doing with Mercedes Martinez's Britt Baker's hired muscle? It's almost like the recycling Wardlow and MJF is his muscle. Hey, man, there's only so many different storylines you can do with professional wrestling. Yeah, they're, they're doing that storyline in fast forward, if that's what the case is, because I don't expect Britt Baker and Mercedes Martinez to be together for very long. But that is pretty similar what they're doing. But they were then again doing that with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. So AEW oh. loves those big man, little man storylines. So we got Hook tonight. Versus Blake, Blakely with QT Marshall. When did it become QT Marshall as opposed to QT Marshall? It's always when, been that. Really? He's always been. That's his name is Marshall. I know it's easy to assume it's Marshall, but he spends a lot of time correcting people that it's Marshall. It's kind of like a Stefan Urkel. Matt Morgan told me that. Yeah, it's kind of a Stefan Urkel sort of situation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sounds fancier. Hook one. How how are you feeling about Hook? Loving him. Every week I love him more, and I think they're doing a great job with him. I like how he is just this kind of stoic guy who doesn't, even as they said on commentary, doesn't really bask. He's just very much like what Taz was, but with a little more uh, charisma in terms of how he really connects with that crowd. And there's also a sense of irony to it, but I think everything they're doing with Hook is perfect, except the camera the last few weeks has missed when Hook, after his match, steps over his opponent disrespectfully. They need to start capturing that and make that part of his act. They need to make that a thing where Hook steps over, because he's been doing it, but they don't always capture it. And that's a very Allen Iverson 2001 NBA moment, one of the greatest moments in NBA history. And Hook stepping over his opponent in disrespect could be one of those kisses of death that could help make him into a star. Nightmare Knee, $2 Super Chat, saying, I'm adopted. I thought the same thing. LOL. Very weird. Very weird. Um, You know, 
but the, maybe man, maybe it's a situation because it's the Friday night show that they're just not paying as close attention and scrutiny. This probably wouldn't have flown on Dynamite, but on Rampage, you know, they had to get that edit done Thursday so everyone could take Friday off, turn the tape over to TNT. Who knows? Uh, but with Hook, I think they're very smart, and these matches never go on too long. I like they still haven't acknowledged that Taz is his father, right? Because but they keep making references to his biology. Oh, really? Have DNA. they? I mean, I think- have they acknowledged it? Because I feel like it's always sort of a uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge every time they say like, oh, I wonder where he, who he gets that from. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because they do. I think they have nodded to it, but I don't think they've ever formally announced on air that that's Taz's kid. Yeah, I don't know. But Hook Hook is, work, Hook is becoming, okay, now Edward Cousins is saying they have, uh, but, it, but it's not over the top. It's not like his thing, right. as it were. Uh, but I was going to say Hook is probably top three homegrown success story of AEW so far. Yeah, you could, you could say that. I mean, especially because it has translated to merchandise sales. He's now got some new merch out, so we'll see how that does. But he outsold CM Punk in merchandise. That's a big deal. CM Punk was number one for a very long time pre-AEW because he's always had a PWT store. So CM Punk from Chicago, that helps. And him being a big star helps. And the fact that Hook outsold him and continues to do well with merchandise. Is saying that it works again. More with less. Accentuate the strengths, hide the weaknesses, and they're doing that with Hook. Eric Rothwell saying he was with Team Taz the entire year. Yes, but I don't remember specifically Nightmare Need two dollars super chat saying they did acknowledge it in commentary. It, it seemed really subtle. He's not out. Th- I mean, compared to like Billy Gunn, uh, what I'm saying is they're not out there. I, oh, I want to see. I want to see uh, Taz out there like Lainey Kazan in uh, in. Uh, beaches like a stage mom like taz out there doing the gestures and like no lock him up (laughs) like this and just coaching him through it that would be a gimmick yes that'd be great it's just pantomime on the outside yes uh sean wiley five dollars i think hook's gonna fall out with ricky starks because taz gonna want to give him the ftw title or see a uh what's that there or see killer cross against what's going on with killer cross we know anything about that? I don't know. His contract just expired, so he's been doing some dates, and he's back out there. Got a full head of hair, so who knows? Maybe he will show up in AEW. They have a lot of people. They are releasing a lot of people, or they're expiring a lot of people this year, so maybe that will make some room for people like uh, Killer Cross. But I could see him in Impact, but I could also see him in AEW. And I like the idea of Hook capturing the FTW title. I think he should chase the FTW title. That should be the first title they give him, is that he chases that FTW title to honor his father. And then a Hook open challenge for that title, I mean, you know, it's unsanctioned, but maybe they could make it into something if he has Hook do an open challenge and just kill people week after week. And Cross is going to be at MLW at the next Super Fight, as the chat room's pointing out, coming up in yes, a few weeks. Yes, big news for MLW. Uh, major hype tonight for Wednesday's Dynamite. TNT champion Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Santana and Ortiz, an ODQ match, Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa, face of the revolution, ladder match, qualifying match, Wardlow versus Max Caster, and Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. And next Friday's Rampage will have face of the revolution, ladder match, qualifier with Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Trent Beretta versus Jay White. The main event tonight tag team champions jungle boy and luchasaurus with christian cage versus colton and austin gunn with billy gunn uh ass doll was a word that was that was used tonight (laughs) throwing him around like an ass doll i don't even know what that is don't want to know to be honest Um, (laughs) but 
what did you think of the match? While while we ponder what an ass doll is, what, what did you what did you think of the match? It was a fun match. Issa was talking about it earlier, and I agree. I did like this match. I like the ass boys, you know, and I think that's a descendant of the ass dolls because they're really pushing this ass boys thing where they want the fans chanting ass boys, and I think in a matter of time they will be. But uh, these guys are there's something there. They're 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 kind of funny. They entertain me tonight. And this is a big spot for them, the biggest match of their career, undoubtedly, for a tag team championship and in the main event. And had I not read the spoilers, I might have fallen for that near fall where there was a oh, belt yeah. shot and the ref distracted and that crowd definitely fell for it. So I kind of regret reading the spoilers because I might have thought that the match would have been over at that point. It's it's tough, man. You know, think about the society we live in with you know, going to see Spider-Man or Scream opening night because you don't want to get spoiled. You want to experience it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, with TV like Yellow Jack, you have to watch it right when it airs because you don't want to get spoiled. Um, it's weird with professional wrestling that AEW is embracing this era where your entire program is less relevant simply because we know the results ahead of time. Right. Yeah, especially the base that still that watches, you know, most of their viewers are hardcore viewers who know where to get these spoilers and have probably already seen these spoilers in terms of the dirt sheets. So that also hurts. Yeah, this is a very good match, but knowing the outcome. Well, and I didn't think the champions were going to drop the titles tonight, but right. yeah, that's the thing. They did a title change on their first episode when Christian beat Kenny Omega. And I think every now and then AEW on Rampage should do a title change just to spice things up and make you think that there's a chance these titles could change hands. Zachary with an interesting point, $1.99 super chat saying Darby can't lose his match against Sammy. He's taking too many L's. I don't know. I, I think Darby can afford to lose that match. I mean, Sammy just dropped that title and, um, I am really hoping that Keith Lee wins that face in the Revolution ladder match and then beats Darby Allen for it or Sammy Guevara for it. And it would be tough if they flipped the titles from uh, Sammy to Darby and then Keith Lee or whatnot. But I think Sammy should have it for a little longer and then flip it to Keith Lee. I mean, Keith could launch Darby into the the third deck of most arenas. Onto Mars. We we may never see Darby Allen again if if you try that. He'll literally... yeah. He'll hit Sting up in the rafters with Darby. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> That'd be a great spot. They should pull that off. Oh, man. How great was Keith's debut the other night? That was amazing. So a superstar. He looked like the biggest star in wrestling. Absolutely. Um, this was a good episode tonight. It went by very quickly. I think the matches were fun. Yeah. Don't know what Statlander was thinking with that promo. <laughs> I know what da- I, I I know what Daniel Bryan was thinking with his promo. That was pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan was thinking, you know, Issa is so worked up after that Roman promo. We need to take this up a notch. We need to really just take yeah. this up a notch. <laughs> Tune up that tension. Let's do it. But I like this episode of Rampage. This is this is a good episode. I thought this is the best episode in a while. Yeah. Zachary Buck 99 saying, so turn Sammy heel and let face Keith win. Sure. But I think Jericho is going to turn heel out of this inner circle breakup. Mm. Yeah. That'd be but interesting. Sammy too, if you're asking. Jericho was like a little restrained on commentary tonight. He was at a seven, not his normal 12. Yeah. He's good. He's hit or miss. I don't think he's always bad, but Jericho has a good ceiling, but a very low floor in terms of the worst 
that he can get on the commentary. And this was good Jericho. Sometimes it sounds like he was just pounding Rockstar energy drinks all day yeah. and lifting weights and then going on commentary. So, no, it was good. That's free everything. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, you can find Alfred at This Is Nasty on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Issa's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Uh, Monday night raw coverage is happening Monday night. So tune in for that. We'll be back Tuesday for NXT 2.0 and uh, have a great weekend, everyone. We will catch you back here next time on the wrestling Inc podcast. Take care and uh, stay safe.